Hello everyone and welcome to the annual end of year critics roundtable right here on the RA Exchange podcast. I'm Martha, I'm going to be your host for today and I am joined by three guests from across the spectrum of the RA workforce and we'll be sharing our favourite albums, artists, live performances and cultural moments from 2022 in the dance music world. Um, Let me introduce you to everyone. So dialing in from Berlin, we have Whitney. Whitney, do you want to introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do at RA? Hey everybody. Um, Yes, I'm Whitney, as you know. Um, I am RA social media manager, senior content creator. I work quite broadly across the whole company, actually. I work really closely with like community, festival partnerships, brand partnerships, editorial news, the contributor network, and just funnel that all in to like run our social media channels and show all the stuff that we're up to on socials. So like mainly my main domains are Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. And then this year I launched RA on TikTok. Very successfully. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for joining us. Um, Chloe, do you want to say hello and tell everyone what you do? Hi, everyone. Very excited to be here. Um, I am the junior content manager and I work in the global content network slash international team. Um, so I work with our city managers and our freelancers to kind of like represent local scenes more on the site. And I work cross departmentally with the editorial team to ensure there's enough like local representation in our editorial coverage. And then also work at like user value and representing people and making RA better for the people, basically. Well, welcome to your first RA podcast. Thank you. Nice to have you with us. Um, And we've got a podcast regular on the line. Hello, Vanessa. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I am very happy to be here. A bit nervous because the critics like table is quite... um, (laughs) quite powerful <laughs> no you're you're more than qualified do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself yes I am a DJ broadcaster and I guess a creative producer and I work predominantly within like music and mental health I host the RA exchange podcast which is in collaboration with Black Minds Matter and I also interview a few people sometimes for RA as well and I just love being part of family nice one um well we'll stay with you Vanessa as we get cracking with our picks let's start with an artist what artists have you been listening to a lot this year this this was hard I think the main person has been Neo Archives and just watching her journey grow from strength to strength mobiles just like it's just it's just NS of the year there's just so many accolades and awards that she's won and it's all in like absolutely deserved because the strength of her sound and also the movement and community that she's built um bringing jungle bringing jungle to the masses it's the summer of summer of jungle and just being part of that has been amazing so that would definitely be my top pick and then the song if i, I don't know if we're saying songs but it would be Bayana. such a good song yes oh, yes so good so good it's actually funny that you picked near archives because i also picked near archives and i can remember um discussing her like on the end of year roundtable like this time last year when we were saying oh who do we think is going to have a a nice big juicy year 2022 um so we're talking about this this time last year and yeah she's absolutely showed up and had an amazing year which is so nice to see um and it's also nice to see her grow as an artist, even though she's in the front of the spotlight, because I feel like that can be a bit of a trap for some artists, but she's kept on growing and adding like 
all of these, um, like the songwriting side of what she does, like the lyrics and stuff and communicating her story. I know that, that her most recent song was about um, the estrangement from her family that she's experienced. Um, but yeah, it's just amazing to see how she weaves in those elements of like jump up jungle music with like really soulful lyrics that are communicating her story and her life experience. So yeah and you're right what a big year it's been for like jungle and 160 bpm it just seems like that's what the crowds want yeah this year and we partly have Nia to thank for that so we're thanking Nia archives um for her contribution this year Chloe, do you have an artist that you wanted to share with us? Yeah, I do. So I have been absolutely loving everything that physical therapy touches. I know that, like, no one's going to be surprised by that. Everyone knows him. Most people love him. But I think that, like you were saying, higher BPM stuff has really had a resurgence. And that means more garage, which is always good in my books. Um, It's been really cool to see, like, the cross-Atlantic like merging as well because he's obviously like based in the states but he's been playing a lot in Europe and is like really hitting it off in Europe and I just I just love Garage and so like everything he touches I'm like this is just so good um and I really I think if I could see him live that would be something I would be really really hyped about and I don't not I don't get hyped about stuff very often but like living in such a multicultural and like electronic music hub like London like that's one thing that I would like show up for and be really excited about and think like okay this is awesome so that is my my artist of the year I think for me and his his own like stuff that he produces is equally as good as his mixes when he's playing other stuff and every time I listen to one of his mixes I'm like there's just so much garage I didn't know about which I feel like is such a nice treat in 2022 to like hear garage again and hear like new garagey stuff that you hadn't heard before Mm, what a gift hello the gift of garage Who has had a great 2022 in your eyes? Honestly, I was looking through this question, looking at this question for a while, I was pondering on it. I'm probably the worst person you could ask to be on this show because there's so much music I listen to and so many different artists. It's like almost impossible for me to choose one. Um, but so I'll mention, I'll try not to mention more than one, but it might just slip out. <laughs> but um, DJ Heartstrings um, is a duo and I first came across them probably in uh, 2019-ish. Anyone from Berlin or that parties in Berlin probably knows of them. Their song Vision of Ecstasy was like the soundtrack of that lo- lockdown summer that we all had um, and literally couldn't go anywhere without hearing it. And it was just 
a beautiful tune. And it's just really nice to see that they've, they've been playing so much in Berlin. Like they played at Malahunta, they often play sets with all of their own uh, productions, which are just amazing. And you just don't get bored of them. And they're so fun and just energetic. And yeah, I just really, really rate them. Like they just came out of nowhere and just took, took it by storm. And it's really nice to see them out and about in Berlin. Mm-hmm. That's so nice to hear about. Yeah, you should definitely check um, them out. Yeah. Mm, yeah, thank you for the tip. on to our next section I asked you all to share an iconic or impactful news story or a kind of moment um, from 2022 in the electronic music world Um, and staying on the Berlin tip I thought I would start us off by sharing one of the most clicked on news pieces on Resident Advisor which was the story about needle spiking on the rise in Berlin clubs um which is a pretty self-explanatory title. But yeah, it's a story that I ended up working quite closely on with an episode of our podcast, The Reflection Series, which is online if anyone wants to have a listen and learn more about the context and the surrounding factors on that story. But I think for me, it, it definitely speaks to a kind of wider issue that has had a great prominence this year, which is sort of women facing violence in the electronic music space, which is a deeply disturbing, um, but very present Um, So that's one to kick us off. Um, Chloe, is there a news story that has stuck with you throughout this year? Yeah, I think it was on a similar vein. I was thinking about this year and what kind of themes and trends there had been and what things there had been concerned for. So the one that kind of stuck with me was um, the Glasgow artist Inez accusing Lobster Theremin founder Asquith of coercion, grooming and sexual assault. And Asquith obviously denies these these claims, but I think it does go into a larger topic of, like you said, women feeling unsafe in the electronic music space and unsafe in, in the world. It's not just electronic music. After Sarah Everard, after all of these like violent attacks against women, I think this has been a huge topic of conversation as it should be. But having this kind of in the music industry, I think, is very important. It also makes you think about the spaces that you're going into and the spaces that you feel comfortable in and the crowds a lot. I've had lots of conversations with people about getting fed up of going to gigs where it's white, middle-class, cisgender men dominating the space and you kind of feel like an accessory to them because of that. But also like going to spaces that aren't dominated by those kind of people, not that there's anything wrong with those kind of people, and but diversity is amazing and it just makes you feel more safe because you're not necessarily in a crowd full of like the same kind of person I think that has been a huge thing for me and that's been a huge journey that I've been on this year is figuring out what events that I like to go to and what crowds I feel most comfortable in and this kind of the idea of like women feeling unsafe in electronic music spaces has been something that I've been has been at the forefront of my brain this year a lot I think Mm. did anyone else 
pick this sort of thing for their moment of the year? Yeah, mine was was similar. It was the, it was the same story you spoke about about the Berlin spiking. Obviously, like as as someone that is that is on the front line of socials, I do see like a lot of the news that we post mm. and a lot of things hit differently uh, for different regions, different countries. But this is something specifically that was like personally that's personally affects me and personally affecting everyone that I know and I've known people to have been spiked in the last year and even just going to the Berkheim like two weeks ago there is this era of like uneasiness and extra precaution like before it was very normal to go to a club by yourself go just know that you will see people that you know and just like go wander around you know it was like you could have those moments with just yourself you you all have a friend that likes to go wandering around and now that's just not something you feel safe enough to do like you wouldn't even go to the toilet by yourself um now which is it's so sad because the safety that I always felt within dance music is what I always really loved and it's the first thing that drew me so much to this community and helped me fall in love with the music and to like Feel like that's been stripped away is a hard thing to come to terms with especially after everything we've all been through like the pandemic and yeah so learning how to like party in a much safer way and but on the other hand i would say it's good to see the amount of awareness that has been raised about it and how not no club is perfect no institution is perfect but there are a lot of attempts being made and i think it's just a general not understanding and awareness to like really look out for one another and if someone does look a bit unwell or you know you would take it seriously and I don't worry that if I didn't feel good that someone wouldn't take me seriously if I was out so yeah it's a shame we're here but Mm. yeah really difficult it's it's sad to hear that you're still having to maintain that awareness and even have it continue to be heightened and it's like going to be interesting to see how a new generation of ravers sort of take that on as as other people sort of turn 18 next year um and have just a different experience to what we might have had when we were turning 18 yeah god turning 18 those are the days (laughs) oh yeah vanessa what's been a powerful moment in the world of electronic music news that that you've resonated with this year you know what i think my my answer might be on the opposite end because everyone had quite like a serious like like answer so um I'm, I'm gonna share mine but mine is close the app make the thing mm. <laughs> no that's a big moment yeah mm. I thought that was a big moment for me I love that <laughs> um yeah I think that's just seeing it in like football stadiums seeing it across like different um music company workspaces offices um Copenhagen mm-hmm. III store um, and just seeing Elijah's like rise as a like, I guess like a musical educator and offering so much like wisdom and guidance to upcoming artists um or just any professionals in the music space and sphere has been like a very that's been a like um consistent theme I think in in my life it, this year just seeing those squares and being like oh what can I learn today um saving lots of them so I think for me yeah it would be close the app make the team and just <laughs> just do it and I think yeah. having that source of like um, inspiration as well and it's giving me a little bit of hope because I think it's actually giving me a bit of hope for for the future which is nice as well because I think it can be quite um I don't know sometimes I can feel like if there's there's just it feels like quite pessimistic and um with Ooh. the year that we've had 
like things have been really tough um so it feels like almost like a little light a yellow light Mm. I need somewhere in the corner (laughs) really good one actually would you maybe want to tell listeners about it in case they haven't seen what Elijah's been doing yes so Elijah is a DJ a label boss a music educator a music manager (laughs) what doesn't he do he he has a lot of things he's he's a lecturer at my old university, my alma mater now. He's like a lecturer for at SOAS, which is so cool. Yeah, a lecturer at SOAS. Um, uh, and the label's called Butters, and he was manage- manages DJQ and Flavor D. And this year, well, the last, has it been that last two years? He set up um, an Instagram page, which he basically uses to educate and share his thoughts on the music industry, music space. It's quite alternative, like, Mm-hmm. um it's alternative thoughts it's like ways mm-hmm. that we can like reimagine the industry and it's, it's it's sort of like a way to prompt and get people to start a conversation around topics that might have been like maybe taboo or people don't talk about like fees and money and um what the best practices for promoting your music and it's just been a space that actually brings people together and now he's gone on to do like, live shows where he's talking about the yellow squares and his like thoughts and also is now lecturing at SOAS um, and several different like institutions as well. I know he's done like workshops across festivals this year as well. Um, So that's been, yeah, it's been really nice to see and also see the transition because I think sometimes we don't really get to see an artist or a DJ's transition through music. It kind of feels like they're DJing and then they might like drop off and everyone's like, what's happening? But he's sort of set a blueprint for how you can like maybe navigate the industry and like different roles that you can occupy as well as being a DJ. And I think that's really inspiring to see as a young person because you the doors can open up in the ways that in ways that you might have not um thought they could. I think mm-hmm. as well it's really important to see someone who's very successful in the industry wearing many hats yeah. because that's kind of what you have to do unless you are like everyone I know that works in the industry is like a DJ or they throw a party or they work at like a an established company or they Mm -hmm. own their own label and it's I think getting into this industry is so mystifying and demystifying it Mm. is partially illustrating that you kind of do have to have your hands in a lot of different dishes at the same time to kind of like a make ends meet because it's a hard industry to like be financially viable in but also just like know what you're doing and that is so much of it is about that and he's done he's illustrated that in such an excellent way that is so relatable and I think it's just I think that's an excellent choice in my opinion for top thing of the year I yeah. agree yeah. thank you guys thank you thank you it's also really nice to see a, a project start out as kind of sketches and then develop into a thing I feel mm. like it's kind of like what you were saying Vanessa we get an album we don't really see like what went into making that album but it's been really nice to see Elijah sharing the full process yeah, with us yeah yeah on the second on the point yeah. of you saying that um doors can open in many ways I think him being like our first ever guest editor is a very good example of that that's not something that mm. we have ever done and it took for an Elijah to be there for us to think of this like perfect opportunity to showcase what he does his guest editorship was also so so great like Mm -hmm. it it focused so much on demystifying the music industry and like elaborating on all of these 
discussed things about it like you said Martha like talking about an album from start to finish no one talks about how much work goes into an album or the different people that go into it and I think that guest editorship was really influential in kind of like Mm -hmm. highlighting all of those things so Mm -hmm. That was really good. I enjoyed that a lot. Yes, really good. And all of that content is available on Resident Advisor if you want to go and check it out. Um, We'll make sure we leave some links in the description of this podcast to some relevant bits. Um, All right, let's keep moving on then. Um, Live performances. I really wanted to know about the sort of magic moments that you've all had in clubs, festivals, outdoor raves this year. Vanessa. What have you enjoyed seeing this year, performance-wise? I do you know I recently went to see Coco Roco. Oh. I always pronounce it. Yeah, I saw them. I saw them live um, at O2 Shepherd's Bush. That was insane. I absolutely. I was. It was like I was in the. Yeah, I was like I was in a trance, and I was just like being guided on this like musical journey, and it felt like at points I was like, "Am I going to cry?" <laughs> but then I was like, "Am I going to laugh?" And I felt like I was like taken care of the whole way through, and felt like a massive mm-hmm. hug. Um, and as someone who also enjoys like drill, I was like, "Wow, this is a different vibe, like different crowd." Felt like everyone was like really coming together for that performance and. Um, seeing people that you knew and just like I don't know it just felt like we we were one like big family and like we were unified and it brought me back to like why I really loved seeing music live and I love that I love when I'm like this is exactly why I go out um, and experience it live because it's it was magical mm-hmm. so that would be my answer. Mm. That sounds mm-hmm. like a nice moment in the year. Yeah. So nice. Mm. Um, Chloe, who have you seen play this year? I, I really struggled with this one. Whenever anyone asks me this, I always really struggle with it. Um, I've been really privileged to see a lot of really great music this year. I also started working at RA this year, so I've been really privileged to go to a lot of spaces and um, see a lot of really great DJs. But I think the standout for me this year was I travelled to... Porto in Portugal to go to Nos Primavera Festival and I ended up getting to see Nick Cave live and I know that he's not like a DJ but it was honestly one of the most spiritual experiences I've ever had and it was just so beautiful um he is an amazing artist and his collaborations with Warren Ellis are superb he played so much stuff from like his most recent album which was actually the one he wrote after his son passed away he had twin boys and his son um really heartbreakingly passed away at 15 and so it was a really like emotional thing I was there with my best friends in like this beautiful country and also the Portuguese festivals they start really late like Nick Cave was playing at like 1am and I was like so used to UK festivals where headliners play at like 9 30 10 and then you like go off to like the smaller stages so it was really really great to see the headline acts at the early hours of the morning like that was so nice um I'm gonna cheekily say if we were speaking on like club spaces I think seeing two shell this year has been pretty good they've been hot topic all across the electronic music community I think is it them isn't it them their boiler room at Primavera in Barcelona was pretty legendary for maybe not being them and then they did their Shell Tech Nights in South London. And yeah, it was really good. And uh, shout out to Iona because she opened 
for them at their Shell Tech night and absolutely smashed it. Might even say she was better than Two Shell. So that's been kind of like my musical highlights for this year, I think. Wow. And Iona is one of our colleagues for anyone listening who might not know. Um, really good. I love hearing about both of those. They're so different, but so great. Um, Whitney? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go with two as well. Uh, the first one being um, one that really took me by surprise, but it was unsur- unsurprisingly surprising, uh, was seeing Unique at Horse Festival. I can't say, like, with my chest, I'm, like, the, a big uh, Jersey Club fan. It's, it's a, a genre that, like, kind of came into my peripheral sometime last year. And to see her perform at Horse, like firstly, the stage that she was performing at was like this stage that kind of like dips down. So like the the booth is kind of at the top, but like you can see everyone and it's just a cascade of bodies and energy. And she just like worked some some, some magic. And honestly, it was going absolutely off. There was someone standing on, on the decks. She was like passing the mic. It was just so good. It was so fun. She really brought her her whole vibe and whole energy and just completely commanded the space and introduced this sound that was like kind of unfamiliar, but everyone completely got it. I completely got it. And I was like, wow, wow. Yes, I I completely get this. Yeah. And that was just so good. So I I always remember that. And like, she knows I'm a big fan, but (laughs) I'm an extra fan now. Um, And then my second one, has to be um, Blashion Alert, also like a duo that's part one of our colleagues. But um, um, I love techno, I'm always going to be a techno girl. And um, they've really soundtracked a lot of this year for me at, at some really poignant moments. But this, their debut at Burkheim had to be like one of the most like transcendent experiences I've had on the dance floor in like a while where you like, I completely was like in a different realm and the music just like took everyone's bodies and just the whole the way the whole night was created. Um Ville Ben Sims was on the on the night. I think it was Steffi's label night. Um that's why they were invited there. But yeah, Berkheim wasn't like super full. The crowd was just like so nice. It was just the right amount of people. The music, like you just could not not dance and just everything just made sense. And it was just so so good it's like that groovy sexy techno that just like takes you you know so yeah definitely top one I think it hits different when it's your pals as well like when you're seeing your pals a little bit there's something like that sense of like pride and like joy is just elevated to another level yeah true very 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 true one of those nights that just reminds you what it's all about. Exactly, exactly. Just what Vanessa was saying, like it was literally like, yeah, this is it. This is why I love your shit. I wanted to add um, the Flohio show, which was actually towards the end of summer, I think. Um, she dropped an album this year. Uh, but one thing I love about Flohio is her stage presence and how she's just exactly the same whether you're watching her on her socials or seeing her interact with people in real life or watching her on the stage she's exactly the same um and I just love that Mm -hmm. um and the way that she interacts with her fans is so special as well I was able to witness this particular moment where she kind of spotted that someone in the crowd had like created an artwork like a painting of her um and she brought this girl up on the stage and just like was so grateful for the 
painting and just ha- gave this most thankful little moment of like gratitude and it was just so special to witness and it it clearly meant a lot to the girl the fan the artist who had created the artwork um for flow Ohio to like recognize her in that way and it just added an extra really sweet vibe to to the night and that the music itself was amazing as well as this combination of like the records that you would normally hear on on her album but bringing these live elements as well to like a rap show with a lot of electronic influence um she had like a sax saxophonist on the stage um as well as her dj and her producer was there in the crowd it was just like really nice witnessing a moment of like an album all coming together in a sort of really special like launch party moment and yeah it was one of my favorite things that i've seen all year so thank you flow Ohio, for that We'll finish off with our albums of the year. I feel like this is the juicy moment that all of our listeners have been waiting for us to get to. So let's get into it. Um, Vanessa, an album of the year for you. This was really hard for me. I was torn between going for something like really clubby and then I was going for my Spotify. I was like, what have I actually really listened to? Um, And this year, I think it will be Hagen Textures. That is one album I've had on repeat and also I guess spending time with him and understanding his process of like making the album was like super special and it gave me a better appreciation of the sound and just how beautiful um and delicate the album is and it just feels like it's uh, an entrance into his history his family's history um it's just like a, a really beautiful collection of a body of work which you can tell has taken a lot of time to make and to produce. And the live instrumentation across the album is also really beautiful. So that's definitely something that is, I would say that's mm. that's one of my favorite yeah. albums of the seal. That's just um, an example of an artist like introducing them, their whole self in, a, in the form of a record, which I really, really love to see as well. Really good that. I also like what you said about it being like a collection of things tied together. I did break my own rules for this question. Um, but yeah, it's been just such a big year for compilations. I feel like compilations are a thing again. It's like the era of now, that's what I call music, but for the dance music world, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, just because, like we were kind of saying with Hagen, it's like a great introduction to what a label's about curatorially. And it's also one of my favourite ways to find new artists. So on that tip, my favourite sort of album thing of the year is a compilation by the label Fever AM. It's a Berlin-based label that I didn't actually know too much about um, before this compilation, but it's just been such a key um, to me discovering loads of artists that I really, really like. And it's called It's Not a Bug, It's a Feature. Um, and really great tracks on there from people I knew of like there's a pariah track on there that is like a cheeky dubstep number that 
is absolutely a bit of me um, <laughs> but there's also a track by Aisha who I know our New York colleagues have always been mentioning and telling me about as as a DJ but hearing her produce is really interesting as well um, and overall I just like that there's just a lot of different sounds and textures and vibes and feelings on a compilation it's kind of like a playlist that you can buy and support been a big album or record for you this year it has to be a tie i'm sorry <laughs> uh, there's a few of course um but i have to say skin on skin uh burn them bridges i really love oh. skin on skin as a, an artist in general and i love that track i love the the fusion of like grime with that like really nice beat i just love everything about it i love him yeah that has to be one that's up there. And it's nice to see that going off as well. Like you see that a lot on TikTok. And I feel like that was a little, a little bit underrated in a way. I feel like it should have had a bit more, you know, a bit more punch, um, mm. a bit more like, not even hype around it, but there should, there, there could have been more. But anyway, I appreciate it. <laughs> and um, the other one would have to be um, Detroit's Filthiest, um, The Weather Is Better. I really, really like that that um, album. I think I got introduced to them first from their track uh, Horizontal Bop, which is a banger. You should all look for it, listen to it. Um, but yeah, another another um, artist that I really, really rate and just love that sound. That's kind of like, you can have it in the background, but it still looks you like your skin, your, your cells just like dance. <laughs> your cells. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely need to check that out for having on at home. Chloe, would you like to round off our chat today by sharing a big album for you this year? Um, so it's a release called Atta 002 by a Mexican label called Litchi, based in Mexico City. And I discovered them this year through chatting to our Mexico City city manager, Valeria, and she kind of introduced me to them. And they're just a really fun label that does a lot of like UKG breaks, jungle bass, dubby kind of stuff. But this one is such a nice release. It's three tracks with three different producers. And it's the last track on it is like an edit of Gimme More, the Britney Spears song. And this year has been the way that you said it was all about compilations. For me, it's been edits everywhere, like really great edits. And I have so much time for it. Like when I hear an edit and I'm out, I genuinely go a bit crazy because I'm like, 
this is sick and it can be an edit of a song that I didn't even listen like I'm not a huge Britney fan like she's iconic obviously but like when someone takes something that already exists and then reimagines it in their own way I think that is such a beautiful and unique thing I just love them definitely Well, we can't um, wrap up this end of year conversation without talking about Baddest of Them All. It's so good. It's that, so catchy. That, that track. Give it, give it a trophy. Give it a She's crown. The Baddest of Them All. The Baddest yeah, of Them All, really. So good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it came in at like such a such a key time within the year, and it was just like such a good track. I feel like I can easily get tired of tracks, but this track, every time it came yeah, on, exactly. I, <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally it was so nice to see her do so well um off the back of that like well 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 deserved yeah for, for context as well I was um speaking to Eliza and she there's two things like she said she was going to quit before um Baddest of the Wall came out like she was going to like pack in music and like it wasn't really working out and I think you always hear those stories but it's just before it's like a little a moment um so yeah she was like thank god <laughs> thank you <laughs> They popped off, which I thought was so it was so relatable to hear that as well. Um, and then her mobile's performance, iconic. It wasn't gonna happen. <laughs> she, I can't believe that. Yeah, she wasn't gonna do it. And her manager had to like convince her, like, this is a this is a big like career moment, like this is mobile, you know. What I mean? We're gonna we're gonna be performing. Um, but I think I think it's also nice to see that like human element of it of like, you know we all go through like the lack of confidence mm, and that sort of thing. But actually seeing someone with so much success speak about the same things is, is so good. And like for Eliza, it's like underground hero, global superstar. Like mm-hmm. we all, like we, we've all heard of her for so long in the, in the underground scene. So it's so amazing to see how, how well she's doing. And I think everyone's super proud. I also yeah, think she yeah. seems and, I've not had the chance of speaking to her, but I think she seems super humble. And in an industry where ego is such a massive thing, it is so refreshing to see someone make it to the top and just be really humble and grateful mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just like very relatable. She just mm-hmm. seems like genuinely excited about all of the experiences that she has coming and the success that she's had. And I think that she has taken everything in her stride with such grace that is really inspiring and yeah. as like seeing a woman do that it's just like yeah you're doing it the right way you've you know like not getting too big for your boots you're not like it's just it's it's really great it's yeah 10 out of 10 the baddest she's the baddest i'm loving this bonus content as well <laughs> on the round well thank you all so much for picking out all of these selections so hopefully everyone's been able to write down some names of stuff that they want to check out thank you guys all for making those selections and thanks everyone for listening thanks for having me thanks martha it's been a pleasure thanks martha